they don't care about these LGBT individuals. And I wish the LGBT community would know and understand they're sending you down a path that is going to destroy your life and you're never going to have any peace. I lived it for 25 years and I've seen the casualties in that life. But if you want to stick your head in the sand and accuse people like me of being the enemy, that's on you. You will have to live with your decision, but I'm here to tell you they're using you and they are playing you for a fool. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. A very special guest joining us today. His name is George Carneal. Uh, he's got such a fascinating story, a fascinating testimony. He's written a book called From Queer to Christ. Uh, he's got an incredible story. He was raised by a Southern Baptist minister, and for years he struggled with his Christian faith and uh, a same-sex attraction. Uh, he found himself uh, in this weird place between a, a secular world that... Uh, is basically at odds with uh, his faith and and uh, kind of a Christian world that was hostile to homosexuals and homosexuality. And so he spent uh, 25 years immersed in the homosexual lifestyle before being set free from that. And uh, now he's trying to sound the alarm about um, you know the pitfalls of that and um, you know how the church ought to be dealing with that. And also, of course, the the agenda behind the LGBT movement. George, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, talk to us about your story. I mean, you, you were immersed in this LGBT world for 25 years. It's being painted by the media and the schools as some kind of wonderful, glorious thing. Uh, what was your experience in there? You know, what the media and what Hollywood will present they act like there's this great gay life on this planet of rainbows, unicorns, and glitter. <laughs> but the reality is, is when you go into that lifestyle, it is fraught with so much pain and suffering because you have a lot of broken people. And especially the you are surrounded and, and constantly bombarded and tempted with the drugs, alcohol, and pornography. Obviously, the promiscuity comes into it, not to mention the sexually transmitted diseases and even how dangerous it is because of the hookups and the hookup culture and meeting strangers on apps or in parks or in back alleys or what have you. Uh, a num the number of gay men that I know of who have been drugged, raped, robbed, even murdered, uh, you know, this is something that isn't talked about, nor the, the, the older gay men will understand this. You know, in the 80s when we came out, we saw the community was devastated by AIDS and the young community, the youth of today that are going into that lifestyle aren't confronted with it because they have drugs and cocktails uh, that help people live a long time. But when you see the devastating results of what AIDS does to the body and to watch a loved one and a friend to die of it, this is something that isn't talked about. It's pretty much swept under the rug. So they are really sanitizing what the reality of that world is like. And I'm just here to sound the alarm and say to the youth who are thinking about going down that path, when you do, this is the reality of what you can expect. And you're not going to find any peace or happiness in that life because it's a very youth-oriented culture. It, you're basically, it's a meat market. And as long as you are young and you look great and your body's fit and you look good, and you're desired, you're going to have a, a, a pretty good time. But at some point, the reality will set in as you age and as you fall, your body falls apart uh, in that lifestyle. Nobody wants anything to do with you. George, how did you get sucked into that world? I mean, you came from a Christian home. Your dad was a minister. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you heard the warnings. Um, how did you get sucked into that lifestyle? For me... 
and it wasn't that I knew a lot about the warnings other than from the spiritual aspect, you know, that it's an abomination. But when, when I grew up and I was bullied by my male peers and there was a disconnect with men and males in my life and my father wasn't overly demonstrative in his love. The reason why I became so easily addicted and ensnared in that life is that when I went into a gay bar and had men treating me differently than what I was accustomed to as a kid, I, it was it was so addicting, Alex, because I was craving affection. And I didn't realize at that time that that wasn't the right kind of attention I needed. But, you know, 2020 is hindsight. I just didn't realize that this is going to take me down a path that is really going to be destructive. But I was trying to sleep with as many men as I could because I so desperately wanted male bonding and love and affection and attention. I wanted to know that I mattered to someone. And so I was trying to fill a void that I realized could only be filled through Jesus Christ. Wow. It's, it's unbelievable, George. So the, the mantra that we hear repeated uh, very frequently now is that people are born this way. It's like who you are. It's your identity. There, it's not possible to leave that. And yet here you stand as uh, kind of an example that, you know, obviously it is possible to leave that. What is your view on that? Are people born homosexuals? Are they born with tendencies? Is this something that comes later from the environment, from the upbringing? What's your view on how um, how that happens? I don't believe we are born gay. I used to believe that lie. I don't think the God I serve is a loving God. Why would he create me to be a homosexual, but yet then condemn the act of homosexuality? That's uh, That to me is an abusive and a cruel God. But because we are born with the sin nature, and those who truly study their Bible, we understand spiritual warfare, and we also understand generational curses. I think there are many factors at play, but Alex, if most people would take the time to get to know the LGBT individuals and ask them what their life stories are, there's so much pain, shame, rejection, abuse, mental, verbal, emotional, sexual abuse. There's a lot of brokenness, a lot of trauma that these individuals have gone through. So we all act out differently. You know, heterosexuals may act out through food or drug or uh, shopping addictions, drugs or alcohol. But for many others who go down the path of same sex, I think there's a myriad of reasons and yeah, reasons why people would go down that path. But sadly, most of them think, oh, this is who I am and this is where I'm going to find the joy. But understand, sin is fun for a season. Whenever we try something new, we're all excited. And just like me, when I went into the gay lifestyle, it felt good. I felt seen. I felt heard. I, I, I enjoyed the atten attention and affection from men. So because it felt good, I thought this is who I am. But it wasn't until about three years into that lifestyle, I was so depressed and miserable. I was suicidal and attempted suicide. I was on drugs and battling alcohol and I was a prostitute. It, that's how quickly I descended once I went into that lifestyle. It's a very destructive lifestyle. I just wish I could get that through the heads of the LGBT individuals that you're not born that way. But even if you are truly same sex attracted and you don't understand where it came from, because that's something I'm still praying to God about to help me to understand why I was saddled with something that I didn't understand. But for me, what God did was he, he took away that need and that grip to want to sleep with men because he gave me a different kind of healing that I needed, which helped stop that need to go and sleep with men and to act out. And so I've been out of that lifestyle for 15 years and God has filled my life in other ways. 
And those who are truly same-sex attracted, I want them to understand there is life outside of your sexuality. Life does not revolve about around relationships and sex. You can have a fulfilling life in Christ outside of the gay life and still have many wonderful friends and family members around you. Fascinating story, George. Uh, when we get back, I want to ask you uh, a, a number of different things. You know, how should the church be dealing with this? What is the agenda? Um, you know, what, what was the response uh, from your fellow homosexuals and people in that lifestyle when you left? Uh, so, folks, stay with us. We're going to be right back after this break with more from George Carneal, author of the incredible book, From Queer to Christ. Stay with us. All right, parents, listen up. We've all seen the countless examples of how radical, radical leftists have been destroying American schools. It's no longer just about the terrible math and reading levels. Now, radical left teachers birthed from liberal universities are forcing gender indoctrination in, in kindergarten. They're teaching lessons on white guilt. Freedom Project Academy has perfected live on, online learning over the course of a decade. I get a ton of great feedback about this program, a ton. They're built on Judeo-Christian values, a classical curriculum. What does that mean? It means they're taught, your children are ta taught the way that the founding generations of the country. My own son Noah did Freedom Project Academy for uh, several years uh, when he was younger. The more we tell our friends about these things, the more people will get on board. And I, and I believe that we can be the catalyst to some real change. We must save the West. Our way of life and our culture is under attack. And because of patriots like you and your project, I have optimism for the future. George, I, I want to ask you. You know, when when you left that lifestyle, give us some 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 of the background. What did, what did that look like? What did you tell your your friends and the people you were with, and, and how did they respond to you when you distanced yourself from from that way of living? It was a process for me. For me, Alex, I was just so tired of being miserable. And any Christian knows who has ever strayed from God. When you are being rebellious, God's never going to give you any peace. And for me, God really just, I was so miserable. It was really the misery that drove me out of that life. And after 25 years, I just one one day, it really dawned on me, what am I trying to get out of this life? How much sex can you do? How much partying? You know, it's time to grow up. And I'm trying to figure out um, on a much deeper level, what am I looking for? Uh, so it wasn't that my resistance was to God. I hated Christians at that time. Obviously, I've changed my attitude now, and God's worked with me, but he's put some really wonderful Christians who have the heart of Christ into my life, and just through a series of things that I discuss in my book, I was able to finally leave that life, but the sad part was my LGBT friends, most of whom just didn't accept it. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't believe it. They didn't like my message, and I'm burdened for them. I don't want them to die and go to hell. I believe in the full authority of God's word, and even though I said it to them in love and they've read my book and many of them just cut me loose, I had to go through a real grieving process because I value my friends and I cultivated many of these friendships 10, 20, 30 plus years. And to lose them practically overnight, it was a real grieving process. But I have wow. no regrets leaving that life and I will never turn around and go back into it. To be out of that bondage and misery it far outweighs what I've lost in the process. Yeah, praise the Lord, George. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to others who have come out of that lifestyle and, you know, some of what they've shared, just the, the hostility that comes, it, it's like worse than than Christians because, well, you know, you kind of prove that the idea that we were born this way, that it's who we are is, is not reality. 
Um, George, I want to ask you about the the broader agenda here. Um, you know, this is obviously something that's now being promoted from everywhere. The Fortune 500, the the federal government, your local school board. I mean, the, the media is just nonstop bombardment. Uh, and, and we see, you know, the polling data. There was one poll that came out a couple of years ago that said less than half of teens now identify as straight. You know, whether it was a uh, a proper scientific poll, I don't know. But obviously, we see a trend where this is just exploding. Uh, it's really actively being promoted. You know, first, the the homosexual thing was, well, you know, kids don't really need a mom and a dad. Two dads would be fine. Two moms. Now we're into the transgender where, you know, there is no mom. There is no dad. Gender is a social construct. What is the agenda? Where is this coming from? What are the people who are promoting this at the highest levels hoping to accomplish? I want the LGBT community to understand because I was part of that community. You are fools. You're being, you're being played for fools. You are nothing but pawns in a game of where the corporations are using you for money. The politicians are using you for your votes. It's just interesting to me that Hillary Clinton and Obama can both be on camera actually stating that marriage is between a man and a woman. But the minute they started to run for office, they suddenly evolved. And the LGBT community just threw their support behind them. Oh, we just love our Obama and our, our Hill. And, but yet they don't give Trump any grace when he has actually tried to help the LGBT community. Um, I just find the hypocrisy of, of all of this and a lot of gays and lesbians actually see it and they are waking up. It's the, the LGBT community is being used for a bigger agenda. And that bigger agenda is really to destroy everything that God finds holy, uh, destroy the family unit, the importance of the fathers in the home. There are so many things that God outlined and in, in his plan, which really keeps some balance in humanity. But the globalists and the evil people who just absolutely hate God are using the LGBT community to really just disrupt God's plan and to criminalize everything that is good that God deems wonderful and perfect and holy and to decriminalize and to promote everything that is perverted. And they are they don't care about these LGBT individuals. And I wish the LGBT community would know and understand they're sending you down a path that is going to destroy your life and you're never going to have any peace. I lived it for 25 years and I've seen the casualties in that life. But if you want to stick your head in the sand and accuse people like me of being the enemy, that's on you. You will have to live with your decision. But I'm here to tell you they're using you and they are playing you for a fool. Yeah. Uh, and George, uh, before we let you go, um, you know, there, there's this obviously a raging controversy within the church today in America. I mean, it's it's happening. Uh, the the Pope has recently made comments about uh, homosexuality. The, the evangelicals are you know wrestling with this right now. There, there's almost like a, a circular firing squad. Uh, of course, the media puts uh, you know these Westboro people on the, the God hates fags things and, and tries to make all Christians look like that. You know, in my experience, Christians really do want to be loving. Uh, they do really want to help people who are stuck in sin, but they also don't want to be seen as embracing or 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 even uh, legitimizing sin. Um, what do you think about the way the church uh, has dealt with this issue? How should they be dealing with this issue? Um, and, and how can the church and Christians as individuals best help homosexuals with these, um, you know, th these things that you have experienced? I think that I think the majority of Christians think that they are doing the right thing by affirming this agenda and the individuals. 
I applaud you for treating them with respect because God does love them and Jesus died for them. But understand, if you will take the time to actually listen to the gays and lesbians who have come out of that life and to the transgender individuals who are detransitioning and the horror stories that they are telling, if you'll actually listen to our stories and get a different narrative, the worst thing you can do is to affirm that individual and tell them that it's okay to go down that path. Love them enough to speak the truth of God's word to them in love and point out, yes, where God does condemn the act of homosexuality. And I talk about this in my book. I have all of the talking points that the LGBT community and the LG and the liberal theologians use, and I debunk them with scripture. If you want to familiarize yourself with them, but lovingly point them towards the Lord, share the gospel with them, because once they come to know Christ, Jesus will be able, the Holy Spirit will do a work in them. But to affirm them and push them into that lifestyle, if you really knew what you were doing, I would hope that you would have such a conscience and a conviction that you would be mortified and you would say, I'm no longer going to support the agenda, but I'm going to love these individuals, get them into the church, make them feel welcomed. We're not affirming the sin, just like we're not affirming the sin of heterosexuals who have affairs or have sex out of mar outside of marriage. But we want to be fair in all in discussing all of God's word and what he deems sin and wickedness and uh, give hope to these individuals. Wonderful, George. Thank you for sharing that. So your book is From Queer to Christ. Um, obviously, that's available in a lot of places. But uh, where do you recommend people go and get that? Would you send them to Amazon or, or do you have a, a website where you'd like them to go buy it? Yeah, my website is George Carneal, Car C A R. N as in Nancy, E-A-L.com, and you'll see various places where the book can be purchased, but it is also on Amazon. And you'll see a lot of resources as well for Christians and parents who are dealing or struggling with this issue. Wonderful. George, thank you so much for your courage in speaking out. Thank you for spending some time with us. We, we sure appreciate it. Uh, I hope a lot of people will read your book, uh, you know, just critical insights into how we deal with this issue that's only growing larger and larger and more significant in our society. Thank you, George. Um, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I, I hope you will go check out the book, check out the website. Um, you know, th this thing is going to keep growing and it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's going to keep uh, affecting even in our own families. This is an issue that's not going away anytime soon. So uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing from George. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter for the New American Magazine. Until next time, God bless you all. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes. I'm the host of IMTV's uh, daily talk show about uh, news and events in America. And I want to say a good word for the New American Magazine. Uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because uh, New American Magazine represents an alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Uh, with so much fake news spreading, spreading about and the fact that right now this country is in an existential crisis, we remember who we are and where we come from and what our principles are or we die. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people and on which that survival hangs. You can check it out and subscribe at www.thenewamerican.com.